Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. It's Liftoff, Episode 7 of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy Football, and I am your host, Price Atkinson. Thank you again for tuning in to us every single week. And this week, as we have a lot to get to, a couple recaps from last weekend, uh, including what was just an outstanding ball game out in Boise, Idaho. The Falcons coming up short while the Army Black Knights, they continue to roll as they hosted Morgan State, returning back to Mikey Stadium. We're going to get in and recap those, also get you ready for this coming weekend's pair of games including a Thursday night affair we'll talk about that the Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll that we close up every episode of Yards and Stripes with and our feature guest this week we're going to do something a little bit different this week we're going to you know get to know the enemy a little bit as Dave Willotion is the play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers has been in the business covering the Tigers for uh, this being his 33rd year he's been to all three service academies covered games of, of, of different varieties in Army, Navy, and Air Force. We're going to ask him about his impressions and his experiences, you know, attending all three service academies and, and a whole lot more, including about the undefeated matchup between 2-0 Navy and 3-0 Memphis, the American Athletic Conference opener for the Tigers, a 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time showdown on ESPN Thursday night, national TV audience. We're going to break down the game with him from the enemy sidelines. So looking forward to bringing that conversation with Dave Woloshin coming up here on this episode seven of Yards and Stripes. Don't forget, you can download every single episode, listen, subscribe every single week. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, a myriad of ways that you can have this podcast delivered right to your smartphone every single week. Just search Yards and Stripes and hit subscribe. It's that easy. Uh, you can certainly give us a follow on Twitter at Yards and Stripes on Twitter and Facebook. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I appreciate everybody tuning in every single week. And if you're so inclined and like what we do, we'd love for you to give us a review. We'll take five, four, three, whatever stars you want to give us. Hopefully uh, the five variety on Apple Podcasts because it's that simple to give a a rating and review. Uh, It takes merely seconds and it helps other Army, Navy, and Air Force fans find this podcast as well as other college football fans. So um, I appreciate everybody that has done so and then has taken the time to to subscribe and rate the podcast. And and most importantly, obviously, just listening because your listener, uh, your listener, is what means the world. So uh, first of all, before we get out of the gate, I want to tell you about my friends at Vivid Seats, vividseats.com and the Vivid Seats mobile app. You can download it, uh, sign up in less than three minutes, but they've got a first time offer for you, our Yards and Stripes listeners. Take 10% off your first time order up to $50. Yes, that's a first time user of Vivid Seats, Yards and Stripes right here. You can get 10% off your first time order order with Vivid Seats up to $50 by using the special promo code YARDS and the number 10. That's the special promo code YARDS10. Vivid Seats can get you tickets for any college football and NFL games. Any game you want, Vivid Seats has your tickets. Again, VividSeats.com. Check out their mobile app that you can download and sign up in just mere minutes. You can find tickets to Air Force at San Jose State this weekend. If you're still looking for tickets for Navy at Memphis, Vivid Seats has got you covered. Again, 
special first-time order for our listeners right here. If you've never used Vivid Seats, here's your chance. For the very first time, you get 10% off your first ever order at Vivid Seats, ordering tickets to any game you want, up to $50 using the special promo code YARDS10. Again, the special promo code YARDS10 at VividSeats.com. All right, time to take a look back. we got to give out a game ball, but we also need to look back at the two games that we had unfold last weekend. Hut, hut, hike! All right, let's start things off. Last Friday night out in Boise, Idaho on the Smurf turf where the Falcons traveling out to the number 20 Boise State Broncos. And the Broncos survive a valiant effort from the Falcons as the Broncos scored a 30-19 win to get their first conference victory in Mountain West play of the season to improve to 4-0 overall, Air Force dropping to 2-1 overall. Uh, but it was a game that was the final score, 30-19, uh, certainly is not indicative of how close this football game was, is it really came down uh, to a play in, in the third quarter uh, with about 12 minutes to go as Taven Burdeau was stopped for no gain there early in the third on fourth and one. And then after that, Boise went on to capitalize on a touchdown to make it 23-13 to 13 as, as, as they were, the Falcons, just inside of Boise State territory uh, trailing 17-13. Uh, and had they obviously been able to find the end zone, it could have been a different story. But the Falcons coming up short. Uh, I'll tell you kind of how, how it happened real quickly is Donald Hammond uh, scored on a uh, eight-yard run in the second quarter to open the scoring first play of the second quarter to give Air Force a 7 nothing lead. But Hank Bachemeyer, uh, the freshman quarterback for Boise, comes right back on the next drive, finds C.T. Thomas for a 36-yard touchdown pass, tying the football game. Boise State would get a field goal to get their first lead at 10 to 7. But Jake Conkey's put a field goal home of his own as time expired to end the first half to put the teams knotted at 10 going into the halftime break. Air Force comes back out midway through the third quarter and gets another Jake Conkey field goal. This one from 31 yards out to retake the lead at 30, or excuse me, 13 to 10. But Hank Bachemeyer, he answers yet again uh, with a 28-yard touchdown pass to John Bates with just 34 seconds left in the third quarter that gave Boise a 17 to 13 lead. But as I mentioned, it was in that fourth quarter uh, when Taven Bordeaux, as, as he ran three yards on third and four to get it to the Boise 48-yard line, and that's where Troy Calhoun rolled the dice. Uh, but on fourth and one, Bordeaux was stopped for no gain. He wasn't even close. But had the Air Force been able to move the football, even get points, I think this outcome is is, is possibly different uh, because I do think uh, once Air Force, or excuse me, Boise, uh, got that stop, they seized all momentum in the football game as they got a touchdown on the very uh, next drive. Uh, Robert Mahone, a 10-yard run. Air Force is then intercepted as uh, Isaiah Sanders comes on for the injured DJ Hammond. He is intercepted. Uh, then Air Force or Boise State again makes the Falcons pay with another Robert Mahone 10 yard touchdown run, making it 30 to 13. Air Force would get a 13 yard pass 
excuse me, a 31-yard touchdown pass from Donald Hammond uh, III uh, to Gerard Sanders, but that was the end of the, the scoring in the football game. Uh, I should correct myself. That was Donald Hammond that was intercepted, not Isaiah Sanders. Isaiah Sanders did come on for a little while, not long, but for a little while as Hammond was shaken up there in the first half. But Hammond did return to the football game, although he didn't really look himself. Uh, but in the end, it was uh, the Boise State Broncos. Is Boise State a couple things totals to tell you about? Uh, statistically, uh, Boise State five eleven on third down. Uh, total yardage was exactly even three fifty five to three fifty five. But that turnover, uh, the only turnover of the football game was the interception that Hammond threw, and then the turnover on downs that really made the difference there in the fourth quarter uh, for Boise State in being able to get the victory. Mentioned Hammond uh, shaking up. He was 6'11 for 83 yards, a touchdown pass and interception. Taven Bordeaux, 18 carries, 67 yards to lead Air Force in both categories. Here's what Taven Bordeaux had to say after the football game. Um, I mean, we we were doing our job. It's just we got to convert on some of those uh, short yardage, like third and fourth downs. Um, you know, a lot of that's on me, but we just got to make those conversions. Um, it's very important. That's a that's a real test of a, of a good team to show how you come back from a, from a loss. Uh, so I think the way we come back from this loss is going to show how good we really are. So Air Force falls 30-19 to at number 20 Boise State. Our second game to tell you about is Army hosting the Morgan State Bears last Saturday, and the Black Knights get a 52-21 to win over Tyrone Wheatley's Bears out of the MEAC, and Army now moves to 3-1 and overall uh, on the season. Morgan State dropping to 0-3, but uh, it was a game which Kelvin Hopkins would not play uh, for uh, the Black Knights, Christian Anderson getting the call as the backup quarterback. He gets the start and the nod, uh, but it was also a game that saw Air Force, or excuse me, Army score the first touchdown of the game. Uh, but then Morgan State roars right back, and they score a pair of touchdowns um, uh, rather quickly in the football game. Uh, I should say with rather quickly within a span uh, of just over two minutes and Morgan State would have a 14 to 7 lead at the end of the first quarter surprising a lot of people including Jeff Munkin who was not happy about the sloppy play of the Black Knights early on uh, in the second quarter Army then starts getting it going with uh, three touchdowns excuse me two touchdowns and a field goal including a Sanded McCoy 11-yard touchdown run to tie the football game David Cooper knock home a 35-yard field goal and then Artis Hobbs the junior out of Covington Georgia hauls in an 80-yard touchdown pass the only pass Christian Anderson completed all day on the first play of the drive uh, that gave Army a 24-14 lead that they would not look back on Connor Slomka had a career day himself as he led Army with a career-high 110 yards on 18 carries. His touchdown from three yards out capped the 10-play 65-yard drive with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. It was all Army from there as the Morgan State Bears would get another touchdown there late in the third quarter to make it 31-21. to But in the fourth quarter, nothing but Black Knights. A three-yard touchdown run from Cade Barnard, and then a one-yard touchdown run from Rashad Bolton, followed by a one-yard touchdown run from Anthony Adkins, and that was game, set, matches. The Black Knights scored a 52-21 victory over the Morgan State Bears. Afterwards, here's Coach Jeff Munkin on the play of Christian Anderson. Christian and how he went into the game and, and just took the reins and made a really nice throw on the one-touchdown pass, and he did some good things, ran the ball uh, for some for some nice yards, and 
made a couple good reads uh, with their guys. They were they uh, were muddying those things up a little bit for those quarterbacks, but I thought did did a good job for the most part. Here's Coach Jeff Munkin. The Black Knights will be off this weekend. Uh, they will have their first bye week of the season before returning next weekend to play Tulane. That game going to be at 12 noon kickoff from Mikey Stadium against the Green Wave. In the game at fullback, Anderson back to throw, fires over the middle, wide open is Artis Hobbs at the Morgan State 45, and Artis Hobbs is gone. An 80-yard touchdown catch and run by Artis Hobbs, his second touchdown of the game. Lightning striking for the Black Knights. Anderson to Hobbs, and the Black Knights increase their lead with 7 minutes and 26 seconds left until halftime. That audio delivered by the play-by-play voice of the Black Knights himself, Rich DeMarco, audio courtesy of the Army Radio Network in our game ball this week. Tough call between Connor Slomka rushing for a career-high 110 yards on 18 carries to go with the touchdown, but Artis Hobbs, the fourth, the junior out of Covington, Georgia, which is a little bit different way to go. I get it, but look, when you only touch the ball uh, two times and you score touchdowns each time you touch the football, uh, something tells me you made an impact on the game. That's exactly what the junior running back for the Black Knights did is he caught the only pass from quarterback Christian Anderson in the football game. You heard that 80-yard touchdown right there for a career high and then he carried the football one time in the football game also a nine-yard touchdown run so both times Artis Hobbs touches the ball he scores for the Black Knights as they knock off Morgan State at Mikey 52 to 21 congratulations once again to the junior army running back Artis Hobbs the fourth our weekly game ball winner all right we got more to do look ahead to our games this coming weekend but coming up next the play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers Dave Woloshin over 33 years in Memphis radio and television the play-by-play voice of the Tigers we're going to break down this game Thursday night between Navy and three in O Memphis a massive American athletic conference game for both teams we're going to talk about it with Dave Woloshin lotion coming up next right here on episode seven of yards and stripes it's everything you need to know about service academy football yards and stripes continues here again is price atkinson all right welcome back in yards and stripes service academy football once again i'm price atkinson your host and now we are going to do something a little bit different this week is we've got a massive showdown tomorrow night, being Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 Central, in Memphis, Tennessee, at the site of the Liberty Bowl, as the undefeated Navy Midshipmen 2-0 will travel to take on Memphis 3-0, a massive American Athletic Conference showdown. And doing something different this week, we're going to pivot and kind of talk a little bit more, instead of about our three service academy teams, about the opponent. And that opponent for Navy is the Memphis Tigers, and Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, 33 years in radio TV covering Memphis, hosts his own afternoon radio show on Sports 56 since 1983 from 3 to 6 every afternoon. And Dave, your voice uh, of the Memphis Tigers, I guess let's just get right into it. Uh, The buzz around this game, a big one for Navy, but certainly Memphis playing this American Athletic Conference game at home. Welcome into the podcast. What is the buzz like around Memphis? Well, the buzz is big. Anytime Navy comes to town, it's it's huge. And Memphis has struggled with Navy. They are one and three the first couple of years under Justin Fuente. He really had a tough time 
adjusting to the triple option. Mm -hmm. he, even when he went to uh, Virginia Tech and played Georgia Tech, and they had a triple option, he, he struggled with that. Uh, the the uh, the way that Memphis approached this game the last couple of years with Chris Ball as the defensive coordinator under Mike Norvell was to sort of change his defense. Mm -hmm. They had a different scheme for Navy, and it was a lot more effective. They won a game, and then last year had a game really – I think in their hands and sort of gave it away, literally gave it away with uh, three turnovers. Turnovers have been a key part yep. of this series. Uh, Memphis's win came when the midshipmen were generous, and then last year the Tigers were also generous. Yeah, and, and you, know, you mentioned that game last year, uh, one that by and large you guys should have won that game. Really, it came down to you know gave the ball away. Navy, you know, takes advantage of it, and then you guys are coming back uh, down the field and. And really kind of ran out of time, more or less, in that second game of the season, 22-21, in the American Athletic Conference opener for both teams there last year in Annapolis. But, I mean, it seems like this game, turnovers is always a key, but, you know, certainly special teams, which is an area Memphis excels in, something you guys have been just outstanding again already this season. Uh, but Memphis has been, and they have a different defensive coordinator now named Pete Limbo. And uh, they, they've been brilliant. Uh, they, they block punts. The returns are decent, not quite as good as they've been the last couple of years. But when you lose a guy like Daryl Henderson to the NFL, who had six returns for touchdowns, tied the NCAA record, uh, it's going to be hard to replicate that. But uh, that, that could be a factor in this game as well. And, and I the way I see it, Navy special teams are pretty darn good too. So uh, everybody seems to forget that third facet of the game, yep. but that should be a good skill level on both sides for, for this matchup. Again, this game going to be an eight o'clock kickoff Eastern standard time on ESPN Thursday night is where I thought an interesting stat as we continue talking about the game and finding out a lot more about the Memphis Tigers day, but an interesting stat that Memphis 17 and one in weeknight mm -hmm. games over the years, including five, and oh on Thursday night so you know history is certainly going to be on the Tiger side on, on Thursday night when this game kicks off well if we had played this Thursday at 11 a.m there's no <laughs> way Navy could have won we never lose an 11 o'clock game of course we haven't lost Thursday night but <laughs> I don't think Navy's really looking at that stat. Yeah, so this is the conference opener for, for the Tigers. You know, last two years, you guys have lost that American Athletic Conference yep. opener, uh, only to go on to win the West Division, so you might dig a minor hole, so to speak. It's one that you've climbed out of, but one thing I'm curious about, too, especially in regard to UCF losing last week. I know it's take care of your own business, you know, the coach speak, all, all that kind of stuff. But is there a little bit of an extra buzz? I know UCF is on the other side of the American Athletic in the other division, but their loss, you know, a chance at the group of five, a playoff spot, and, you know, still a chance clearly that you guys could play UCF in the title game. You got you to gotta play them all. I, I totally get that. But is there a little bit of a, a, a buzz and pep in the Memphis step right now after UCF finally fell last week? I, I don't really believe that's the case, and okay. I'll, I'll explain why. First of all, I hope that Memphis does play UCF. And I, and I think, you know, football is like any other game. Emotions come mm -hmm. into play. When you knock the heck out of Stanford and then you go the next week and you're a 12-point favorite, even on the road at Pittsburgh, even though it's a Power 5 team, there's this thing that, you know, okay, you just you, you, you really let it out the week before. Mm -hmm. It's hard to recapture. 
But then Memphis isn't really chasing UCF. They'd have to beat them in the championship game because, remember, to get to that New Year's Day 6 Bowl, which is the Cotton Bowl this year, yep. you have to be the champion of the league. So whoever they play on the East is is the team you have to be concerned with. No, but if you're an American Athletic Conference fan, you are looking to see what Boise is doing because they're 15th in the country now. If they go undefeated and they are league champions – it's their slot to lose. So you've got to hope they when they lose, that's when you get the, the pep in the step, as you said. Yep. All right. Uh, the volunteer state, I know, has, has been very kind to Navy over the years. Certainly Malcolm Perry, starting quarterback out of yeah. the greater Nashville area. You know, you even go back to Keenan Reynolds, Jabari Tawani. You know, but you got Cameron McKinley, who's uh, starting defensive back for Navy this year. Uh, Caleb Clear and a couple other uh, youngsters for, for Navy this year. Um, you know, you think typically offense, Memphis and the high-powered offense, you think Navy offense, triple option, you know, high rushing totals, typically one of the top three in the country every year in rushing yards per game. I think a lot of fans might be a little bit surprised, although it is a very young season. The teams have only played five total games combined, but this is going to be a matchup of two of the top defenses in the FBS this year. Is Navy, again, only two games in, but lead, or fourth in total defense and only giving up 226 yards a game. And Memphis is third in, in yards given up per game uh, and certainly scoring defenses. Navy only giving up eight and a half. Memphis only giving up thir- almost just over 13 points a game. This really is is kind of a, a a different script that's kind of flipped a little bit because it's not so much offense is really it's defense is taking center stage here a little bit early in the season. Well, l- let me go back to your 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 stat about sixteen guys from mm-hmm. the state of Tennessee on, on, on Navy, and you mentioned Reynolds and you know, obviously Malcolm Perry makes moves like Gale Sayers going back <laughs> to my generation. Uh, he is impressive. He has. Uh, a, a run, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, mm-hmm. literally, and I went back in, on the tape to look, eight different Tigers had a shot at him. He made eight guys miss. He is so pretty to watch. I, I really uh, do enjoy the performance that Malcolm Perry can put on. But five guys on this team come from Shelby County mm-hmm. in the Memphis area. So they have been good contributors for years now to the Naval Academy, and we have pride in that. I, anybody who's good enough mm-hmm. to go to the Naval Academy, uh, you know, we want them to come back to Memphis because we know they are good people. Cameron Kinley, by the way, mm-hmm. had chances to go to Harvard and Yale, and he chose to go to Navy. So you know what kind of a kid yep. he is. As, as far as the defenses go, you're right, but I, I don't know. It's You're talking about Memphis with three games. They did play an Ole Miss team that I think is a pretty good team, a Power 5 team from the SEC, and one that Memphis fans perceive as a rival. So uh, holding that team uh, to the point total that they had 10 points was quite an accomplishment, I think. And then Southern and South Alabama, you're supposed to beat those teams. I I don't know what we can get, and I'm certainly not going to put down Navy, but when it's Holy Cross in East Carolina, how much (laughs) can you really take as a measurement from those? I do know this. Memphis uh, coaches, and in particular Mike Norvell in our meetings yesterday with Mm -hmm. the coaches, they were very impressed with Navy as a whole. And I said, Mike, how can, from those two games, how can you get a real feel? He goes, Wallow, I look at this film. I can tell this is a much better team than it was a year ago. And they are indeed impressed by Brian Newberry, the new defensive coordinator, because yep. they're a much more attacking team. Yep. Pressure is going to come 
And so it is a different setup. I, I look, though, and and I see uh, with Navy, and we can talk defense all you want to, sure. triple option. That's why I always think about the cut that blocks that they make, getting to the next level. It's always impressed me. And when you talk about 371 and a half yards rushing, you realize that's the best in the country by 50 yards? Yeah. 50 yards. <laughs> no, Memphis's defense is critical, but they got to figure out a way to stop Malcolm Perry and Nelson Smith and uh, and everybody else involved in, in this system. All right, as we continue with Dave Willotion, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, uh, going to be on the call certainly tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, they are from the Liberty Bowl along with Jarvis Greer, Greg, Greg Gaston uh, as part of the Memphis Radio Network. And, you know, offensively, Dave, talk to us about uh, the Tigers on that side of the ball. Daryl Henderson, I think if you're a Memphis opponent, you're, you're breathing a little sigh of relief that he's no longer there, but you got a couple backs who went over 100 yards last time and then a quarterback in junior uh, Brady White who's only thrown 20 incompletions in 72 attempts so far he's accurate he's um if there's a question about him some people think it's his arm I don't think that's the case I think he's he's clearly accurate and I think he's got a an, an arm not a cannon but a very adequate arm I've seen him throw the ball 55 yards the question will be can he get out of trouble and that, I think, is where he struggled a little bit. And with Army's pressure now, you really have to recognize – the thing Army does, and you were talking about defense a little while ago, mm-hmm. they are very good at the last second of changing their, their, their front, their set. And so you've got to understand that the change could come – be patient, wait for that. Memphis will try to go fast and not allow them to change. But if they do, the quarterback's got to know that. And that's what Brady White's strength is. Now, you mentioned the loss of Daryl Henderson. And there's also another guy named Tony Pollard who had 103 yards and a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He also was uh, in the backfield for the University of Memphis a year ago when they lost to Navy. Patrick Taylor, a 1,000-yard rusher, is back but not playing in this game. He got hurt in the Ole Miss game. He's missed the last two. He's going to miss this game, too. But there are two running backs that each had 100 yards last week. You mentioned one is Kenneth Gainwell, a redshirt freshman, who is – he's the total package. He's not as big as Patrick Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's about 200 pounds, but he's really quick. And then there's Kylan Watkins, who is – a kid from Memphis and transferred from UT Martin came back home. He, uh, he has incredible vision and lateral movement and, and, and he's a guy that can, that can hurt you. But I, I think Memphis is going to have to have balance in this game. They're going to have to pass the ball and they're going to have to score because Navy is going to score and Navy is going to have long possessions. That's mm-hmm. the key. That's why you've got to score because Navy doesn't give you that many opportunities. Time of possession will be critical. And that's been a big weapon for Navy this year. They're already what plus 14 and a quarter minutes off that clock that they own. There were, Games when Memphis lost, I think two years ago, and Mike Novell was talking about this. Memphis had one possession in the first quarter and one possession in the third quarter, and they scored in both possessions, but lost the game because they never got the ball back. (laughs) That is so much a part of uh, Niamatololo's whole game plan. Yeah. All right, uh, another question about uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, kickoff again, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 o'clock Central there, uh, Dave, is, you know, 
Memphis Grizzlies um, obviously have not about a week away before training yeah. camp really begins. Penny Hardaway's Monday. Got, Monday yep. is media day. You got uh, Penny Hardaway. Midnight Madness is just another week or so away from cranking up. This is center stage, national television audience, eight o'clock, playing in the obviously the historic Liberty Bowl. What kind of attendance down across the country, but what kind of buzz atmosphere do you expect inside the Liberty Bowl for this game on Thursday night? I think the buzz will be great. I I think um, Memphis appreciates the military. And, you know, there is a naval base in Millington, which is basically a suburb of Memphis, about 20, 25 minutes away. Stayed there a couple times. Yep. uh, And honestly, the – the Navy game has been a well-attended game because we get all those folks from Millington to come down. And, mm-hmm. you know, Navy has its its uh, um, national loyalties. So so I think you get people from all over the region and, and sometimes even further away to come. And Memphis has a pretty darn good fan base of about 25,000 season tickets. Yep. There uh, was a great crowd for the Ole Miss game. And Memphis is being honest about their count these days. So uh, there were there were close to 45,000 people for the Ole Miss game. That's legit. Yeah, they could have said 50, and they didn't. They were honest. And um, I, I expect somewhere in the in the 40 to 50 range again uh, for this game. And I, and I think it will be electric. Both teams are undefeated. Mm-hmm. We know that. It's a conference opener for Memphis. It is on the, 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 the first ESPN. And so um, – uh, the world will be watching, so to speak, and and I do think there will be great representation and a great atmosphere in the Liberty Bowl. All right, as we begin wrapping up here on Yards and Strikes with Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, Dave, um, you've been to Annapolis twice. You called your first game last year at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. You've been, I believe, for basketball once before yeah. that. Um, you've been to all three service academies. Before I put you on the spot, you know what stood out about your experience here, just coming to Annapolis uh, and obviously Navy Marine Corps. Memorial Stadium in the Academy last year? Well, the beauty of Annapolis right off the bat mm-hmm. and the quaint little town and the good restaurants and the ice cream place, whatever that, that was, I can't <laughs> remember, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, but the thing that stood out to me was when you're in that stadium and you go other places and you see players, numbers, honored, and you know plaques for them all around the stadium. And when you walk into that that ballpark and you see all of the battles that to me is what really stood out was the, just the history. And when you're playing Navy, you're playing folks that have fought for our country. And that to me was really, really special. And then, you know, there's something special about each place, obviously the beauty of Colorado Springs, just the, the, the match, the majestic, sense you get of those mountains and that setting of where everything is. Um, I don't know that there is a better view from any press box, even Pasadena and the Rose Bowl, <laughs> than the one at Mikey Stadium when the colors are changing and you see the bend in the Hudson River. That may be the most dramatic of all of them. Uh, no offense to, 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 to Navy, but but the, the, uh, the memories of the battles, that's what stands out the most to me about the stadium in Annapolis. 
So of the three that you've been to, I know it's probably like picking between, say, Miss Florida or Miss California or between a, a, a Bud Light and a Coors Light, but which you enjoy them all, right? But what, is there one that just kind of left a, a lasting mark? Come on. on. Now you, you're just like saying, do I love Nathan or Jacob, my two sons? Which one do I love better? I got it. I, I would say the most dramatic is the is – the, uh, the the view from Mikey Stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really impressive. And when you walk up there, they uh, for the for the walkthrough the day before the game. I'll mm-hmm. never forget this in West Point. They had a guy at the door in full battle fatigues, and um, he was standing like a statue. And then every once in a while, he'd break it, he'd take that gun down, and scare the hell out of him. <laughs> um, so that comes to mind. And, that, and really, the sense of history in, in Annapolis and the beauty of, of the town that would that would probably be two and, and Air Force three. But 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 honestly, do I like a Rolls Royce or a Bentley better? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're 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 all fantastic. And truthfully, I am so glad that we have Navy in our conference because I think it gives so much credibility and importance. And I really wish if there was a 12th school that was added, it would be Army. Yeah. And I I don't know if it's the American not really that interested in Army or Army not that interested in the conference or maybe Navy doesn't want them in their conference. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But if if they were to come in, I mean, they have no chance at this point um, unless they were a top 12 team, I think the ruling is. Uh, they have no chance to get in as an independent into the New Year's Day 6 Bowl. Yep. Because you have to be a league champion. Right. And if the Army-Navy game were a part of the American, I say that selfishly, how great would that be for our conference? So, And and I know there's a lot of politics and logistics that would go on in moving that game. Um, and, and so maybe no one's interested in that. But, man, I think that would be great for the American. And I'm just honestly appreciative for, for the league that, that Navy is a member of the AAC. All right, Dave, you're going to have the call t- on Thursday night on Rock 103 WREC, Memphis and Navy. Real quick, uh, anybody making it to the game? You got a hot spot, uh, a, a must, can't miss barbecue joint right near the Liberty Bowl? Oh, yeah, there actually is one. It, it, it is a mom and pop operation. It's called Payne's Barbecue. Now, I, I must confess to you that there are two other barbecue places that I am known for uh, as as uh, as doing their commercials. This is not one of them. Okay. This is this is. But this place, if you get the pulled shoulder with their hot sauce <laughs> and they have this incredible slaw uh, and it's not very far from the Liberty Bowl itself. Yep. It's called Payne's P.A.Y.N.E. apostrophe S. It is unbelievable. It's the best pulled shoulder sandwich you ever put in your mouth, I promise. All right, Dave, can't thank you enough for the time today. Good luck on the call tomorrow night. Uh, Again, everybody can tune in if if you're there locally, Rock 103, WREC, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, Dave Wolotion. Thanks a lot, Dave. Next time you're in Memphis, come see me. I'll take you to Payne's. All right, that's Dave Wolotion again, the play-by-play voice of the Memphis Tigers over 33 years, radio, television, covering the Tigers. Again, you can hear him every weekday afternoon between 3 and 6 on Sports 56 there locally in the Memphis area. All right, we're going to turn the page. We're going to look ahead to our other game this coming weekend as we've talked a whole lot about Memphis and Navy. Not a whole lot more to talk about, uh, but tell you just a couple more tidbits on that game and also look ahead to our other game this weekend, including our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll. That's coming up next right here on Yards and Stripes. 
So many games to muddle through. Who's looking for an angle? Who's looking for an upset? We're looking for it every week as part of Three Dog Thursday. Hi, I'm TJ Reeves. Join me for the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to picking those underdogs. My co-host Kevin Rogers is a senior handicapper from VegasInsider.com, and we do a great job of analyzing and predicting at least three underdogs to look for every week in college football and in the pros. Plus, when the college basketball season rolls around, we got to keep picking underdogs all the way through the Final Four. It's Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And when picking those underdogs in the football and college basketball season, remember our podcast, Three Dog Thursday. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. You know, a pair of games on the docket this weekend. We talked a lot about the first one in that last segment with Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Memphis Tigers and Navy, heading to Beale Street and specifically the Liberty Bowl Thursday night, an 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPN, a national TV audience. As I mentioned during the interview, Memphis 17-1 all-time in weeknight games, 5-0 on Thursday nights. This game going to be played at the Liberty Bowl. Last check, the Tigers were giving 10.5 points in this football game in what should be a, a, a fantastic game, 3-0 Memphis, 2-0 Navy. Memphis's first game in the American Athletic Conference. And, you know, while Dave Willotion alluded to it and talked a little bit about it, thought they didn't have, you know, maybe that UCF win or loss last week uh, on the road at Pittsburgh wouldn't have any kind of effect. And while I don't think so, but I think there's certainly probably a level of excitement around uh, this Memphis program with UCF having been knocked off now. Still won't play a factor in terms of the race for the division in the AAC West, but still, nonetheless, this might be a pathway for Memphis to uh, that group of five playoff spot. But uh, Brady White, the quarterback, 52 of 72 this season, five touchdowns, completing over 70% of his passes. He's ranked 16th nationally uh, in QB rating. Uh, so the Memphis Tigers are going to be hosting Navy, a big-time showdown as both teams have had the week off. Uh, Navy does lead this series three wins to just one loss. Looking at their other game uh, of the weekend, uh, this one going to be a Friday night tilt, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Going to be broadcast live on the CBS Sports Network. John Sadak and Randy Cross going to call that game uh, as Air Force two and one overall. They're going to be entertaining San Jose State, who is also two and one overall. This is going to be the first Mountain West Conference game for the Spartans as Air Force looking to rebound, coming off that loss to Boise State last weekend, zero and one in the Mountain West Conference. This will be the fifth all-time meeting between uh, the two programs as Air Force leads this series 3-1 and one overall, uh, including a win the last time out. That was two seasons ago 
when Air Force defeated San Jose State 41-13 to uh, behind then a record high uh, for Arion Worthman, 28 carries, 215 yards in the football game. Uh, but San Jose State coming into, into this game 2-1 and one overall, including uh, a win in their last time out, and that was a win at SEC Power. I shouldn't say Power. That's terrible of me to say. Uh, but SEC foe Arkansas. The Spartans went to Arkansas last weekend and scored a 31-24 victory over the Razorbacks as they held off Arkansas there in the fourth quarter. So, so the Spartans certainly coming into this one with some confidence, having beaten University of Northern Colorado in the opener 35-18, then losing at home to Tulsa uh, out of the uh, American Athletic Conference 34-16 before uh, knocking off Arkansas last weekend. Uh, statistically, uh, you look at this uh, team, uh, Josh Love, the quarterback, leads this program five touchdowns, just one interception um, as he's got a QB rating of 138. But uh, overall on the ground, Nick Nash, uh, the another quarterback that kind of does it both ways, not so much a thrower, uh, but has run for 141 yards. But Dion De- Packer is the top running back on this team, 33 carries, 133 yards, averaging four yards a carry for the Spartans. So uh, Air Force looking to get that bad taste out of their mouth from last weekend uh, at Boise State in the game uh, right there that obviously – Air Force was was in it until pretty much uh, that failed fourth down and had a chance to win it. But at last check, Air Force giving 19.5 points as this game will be an 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time kickoff from Falcon Stadium in the Springs broadcast live on CBS Sports Network. All right, when we come back, the Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment, honoring and remember a fallen hero who has given the ultimate sacrifice. That's coming up next here on Yards and Stripes. All right, it's time for our Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll segment. You know that this is that point in the podcast where we take that step back to honor, remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, those who, uh, in the words of of Travis Mannion himself, uh, said, quote, before deploying for Iraq the final time, quote, if not me, then who? And you can find out a lot more information about the Travis Mannion Foundation that's doing work in local communities across the country, uh, helping to continue that legacy of service and, co- and commitment while developing character in future generations in memory of their loved ones. Um, and you can find out more, travismannion.org. And right now, their Heroes Runs are going on uh, through the month of September in local communities across the country. You can find one uh, near you at travismannion.org. They are wrapping up this month. Although there'll still be a couple moving forward, uh, you can find out a lot more online at their website. Uh, I encourage you to do so because you can find out a lot more in other ways that you can get involved with the Travis Mannion Foundation. Incredible partner with us here again this season. Uh, but this week, we're going to take that step back and honor remember uh, somebody that gave the ultimate sacrifice, and that's Lance Corporal Taylor B. Prezinski of the United States Marine Corps. And... Taylor Przinski uh, died May the 9th, 2005, while serving in the Al-Anbar province in Iraq as he was there uh, supporting Operation Matador. It was part of history in the first free elections in Iraq when he was killed in the Al-Anbar province on May the 9th, 2005. And he was a, a native of Fairview, Ohio, uh, but was born on an Air Force base in Utah. 
moved around uh, as he was a military brat moved around uh, and lived at several Air Force bases before his family moved and settled um, in Fairfield, Ohio uh, in 1989. There at Fairfield High School, he played football, uh, ran track, also volunteered uh, with students who had multiple disabilities in high school. Uh, and as he's remembered as a kid who always had a smile and people liked to be around him. Taylor joined the Marines in 2003 and he served as a 0311 inf infantryman and uh, saw a gunner and was a gunner with the 3rd Battalion, 8th Marine Regiment, Regiment Lima Company, 4th Platoon. And he was serving out of Camp Lejeune uh, when he was killed in Iraq in 2005. Before that, he was uh, deployed on a peacekeeping mission in Haiti in 2004. Uh, but as I mentioned, Fairview High School, uh, where over a thousand people came for a memorial service uh, to honor or remember um, that local hero in, in Mr. Przinsky as he was later laid to rest and buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Um, and his father said something <clears throat> as he took uh, a long motorcycle ride from their home in Ohio to Camp Lejeune uh, for a, um, an event there. And, and he said, quote, uh, upon arriving, he said, you know, quote, I don't know why I'm here. I don't have any sort of agenda, no expectations. My heart tells me to be here to thank each and every one of them for serving. I say thank God for each and every one of them that made it back, end quote. And that was Taylor's dad, John, who obviously his son Taylor did not make it back, gave that ultimate sacrifice because, as we all know, freedom is not free. And so we take this time to, to remember Taylor Przinsky, Lance Corporal from the United States Marine Corps, gave the ultimate sacrifice on May the 9th, 2005 in Iraq. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, if not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. Appreciate our friends at the Travis Mannion Foundation and thank them so much for their help with the Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll every single week here, how we wrap up the podcast on Yards and Stripes. This is episode seven as we begin to wrap things up. Just once again, thanks to everybody for downloading and listening. You can subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, uh, many different ways for you to listen to the podcast. Also, uh, you can Follow us on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. Give us a like on Facebook. We'll post the links every single week, several times a week, right there on social media to make it easy to get. But the easiest way is to subscribe, and that way you have it delivered right to your smartphone, uh, your desktop, wherever you are, whatever device of choice it is, whether it's iPad, does not matter. We've got you covered. So just hit subscribe at your favorite podcast platform. Once again, I also want to thank Dave Lotion, the play-by-play -play voice of the Memphis Tigers. Again, we did something a little bit different this week in kind of visiting with the enemy. Uh, that was a fantastic conversation and really a lot of great insight ahead of this matchup uh, between Navy and Memphis. Thursday night, 8 o'clock kickoff Eastern Standard Time on ESPN at the Liberty Bowl uh, there in Memphis. Should be a fantastic football game. Also, folks, don't forget the first-time offer from Vivid Seats. Our friends at VividSeats.com. You can visit them at VividSeats.com or use the Vivid Seats mobile app 
Download it and subscribe in mere minutes. They've got tickets for college football, NFL game, any game you want. Vivid Seats has you covered. They're giving a first-time promo code for your first-time order. Up to $50. Take 10% off your first-time order at Vivid Seats. Up to $50 using the special promo code YARDS10. Again, the special promo code for our listeners, YARDS10. Take 10% off your first ever order with VividSeats.com, up to $50. Trust me, you won't regret it, especially if you're looking for tickets for this weekend, for later in the season, including the big matchup in Annapolis, the first leg of the Commander and Chief Trophy, first Saturday in October between Air Force and Navy. Vivid Seats has you covered. All right, folks, that's going to do it here for Episode 7 of Yards and Stripes. Once again, enjoy the, the two games we have this weekend, starting Thursday night, Navy in Memphis, and certainly Air Force in San Jose State. Stay safe out there and appreciate every single person listening here at home and around the world. We'll do it again next week right here on Yards and Stripes. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy football.